Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Michael Jr., Michael Wood Sr., Jesse Cofield, holding it down in the DraftKings Boston studios. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% in your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Got a great show, as always. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us at five-star ratings, and check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+, Plus, a bunch of other places. Uh, we are finally all back in our separate locations here. We are going to hopefully have Alan Robinson from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers join us today, Jake Butt, former Michigan Wolverine, which is going to be a little bit interesting, adding that to the cocktail around here to look ahead at Ohio State, Penn State, the game of the week this weekend. But, Dad, we got you up out the pain of my house here. You're no longer complaining about snacks. Do you feel better this morning? Are all your needs taken care of now that you don't have me to blame for them? Yeah, now that I'm doing, you know, things for myself here, it's all fine. I mean, your place, you, you did give me the bed. You didn't let me use the nice chair you have. As a 60-year-old man, you took that from me. You jammed me in the corner where I that couldn't back. even get up during the entire show. So, yeah, you know, I listen, You, you we took a nice walk by the beach, which was very, very nice, a little father-son time. So you make it sound worse than it is. I love spending time with one of my children, and you made it sound like I didn't have any fun, and that hurts a little bit, okay? Wow. You made it sound like yeah. you didn't have any fun when you were here. Jesse, he's gaslighting me right now, and I don't appreciate it. You're seeing nope. what I'm seeing. Nope. Uh, nope. I just, I just want to lock on to one thing that Senior said, which is now that he's doing things for himself he's fine but is your wife not there are you she's not here i i have the run of the house here in arizona uh for a couple of days which means everything just gets done and cleaned up at the last minute but i leave it clean i my wife is so good at cleaning things as you go so they don't pile up and if i was here for a longer time i would do that but when it's just a couple of days, I'll just leave stuff out. She's listening right now. She's going to be really mad at me and text me. But it will be all clean by the time I go because we'll be the person that doesn't clean, you know, the area uh, in, in the house here. Uh, if my wife's not around. You got to take care of business. And that's what that's what I'm doing. Oh, my God. This is more credence. I, I saw this tweet this morning and one of our producers alerted me to this uh, as we got news yesterday that the Giants, uh, San Francisco Giants, have formally requested to interview their assistant coach, Alyssa Nacken, for their uh, general ma- their manager position. And speaking to the effect that women can have on the life of men, someone tweeted in tongue-in-cheek saying, I hate this. The Giants will be unstoppable now with a woman running things. I used to eat ice cream at 3 a.m. before I put a woman in charge of my life. These dudes are going to be using coasters and batting 350 all season long. Truer words never spoken yeah. about the effect that um, 
it's, I mean, just base level confidence. It, it, the difference between men and women on this stuff is so staggering. Jesse, obviously nodding her head, understanding she sees every day between I'm sure her own husband at home. And then the two morons she has to come in and work with every day, just how staggering this can be. Yes. I will say in my house, my husband is the one, um, I'm like an incompetent if I had, if I was left, he's leaving on Thursday actually for a business trip to China and he's going to be gone for a week and I'm going to eat takeout every night. He cooks in our house. He does all the, the cooking oh, okay. um, because he's okay. amazing at it and he loves it. But uh, yes, I did have to teach. I had to train him up a little bit about cleaning up. He thinks he's salt bay. He's salting things like this in the kitchen. Ah, like ah, he's ah, like ah, squeezing ah. lemons and like just tossing them onto the marble countertop. So I do have to sort of follow him and clean up after him as we go because it is truly horrifying to watch a man clean up after he's been I, like he'll like be like rubbing oil into the into the table and I'm like I have learned to clean up better now I don't do it as good as my wife as well as my wife Obviously. but but I've I have learned to do it to the set to a satisfactory point where she is fine with it because I do it well enough I did do an experiment one time when I was at ESPN and we lived in Connecticut and she was gone, I think, I think for close to a week, we always have multiple dogs. Like now we have three Hank, Harry and Ted. So we have multiple dogs back then. Um, and so when I used a dish and got it dirty, I, I would put it in the, in the um, dishwasher, but then I realized I wasn't loading up that many dishes. I wasn't using that many. So I would have the dogs lick the dish, lick the dish clean. And then I would put it back in the cupboard. So it was kind of a test. It was kind of a test to see if my if my wife would ever find that out. And I did it. I did it. Yeah, I'm guilty. Did she, yeah. Did she find out? Did no. she notice? Well, she did just no, found she out. She just no, found she, out. Yeah, she did. Listen, those you know the dogs. They can lick. They can lick dishes clean. But man. it's not could, clean because a dog I say, licked like, it. I let a dog lick my face. So, so what? I mean, what's the big deal? I feel like it's clean in my but face. But we eat I, listen, off those plates. The dog How many licked, plates have you done this to? The dog licked my face all week, too. I didn't shower. So, I mean, it yeah, all worked out well. Yeah, but then you didn't put that thing that was licked into a cabinet and let it marinate, let the bacteria grow on it, and then put more food on top of it. Well, like, yeah. And none of us yeah. have to use your face to consume <laughs> the food that we eat. Yeah. See, well, but you know what? The test worked. Do you know why? Nobody got you're sick. All, you're all still here and nobody got sick. So it was a test and it worked. Dogs can clean dishes. Just put them back. You don't have to use well, safe yeah, water I on mean, the dishwasher. I could probably oh. put my nuts on a dish and then <laughs> you would notice whoa, and would come eat off on. of it. Yeah. No, come that on. he makes a good he makes a solid point. He could he could do that all up on a bunch of dishes. And like you might not get sick, but would you Dad? consider that sanitary to eat off of? All up on a bunch of dishes. All up on a bunch All of dishes. But it's just gonna put dish my nuts dish. on your dish. Come on. What are you doing? What are you taking this show? I'm talking about a dog licking a plate. Look where you're going. I mean, what do you you're, think they're licking? You're, you're sacking a plate, <laughs> yes. for God's sake. Give me, that's a good point. They yeah. lick their yeah, butts. That's just sack yeah. transfer is all that yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, none of you guys knows. And I'm not going to lie. When I saw somebody grab a plate after that and put some food on it, 
I giggled to myself. What the hell? Oh my God. 60 year old toddler. (laughs) Well, this wasn't when I was 60. This was at least four years ago. Okay. There we go. So we're all, we're all much safer and better. It's going to be paper plates from now on for all your kids at the houses. This, this is the level of outrage that should be reserved for moments like this, where you find out your father's been sabotaging your meals for years now as a dirty old man. Instead of the outrage that we got yesterday, dad, we didn't get to talk about this because I feel like we're going to get to in a, in a second a little bit of factor fiction in the NFL but I feel like I can say definitively the fact yesterday is we can't trust sports fans and this is another men and women thing with anything yesterday did you see the reaction yeah. to the Chargers fan from that game the other night the woman's name is Marianne Doe and she went viral at the Chargers game because she was so excited she was living and dying with every play and we all know the idea and the joke is there's not a lot of Chargers fans that you can find. And so finding one who is this passionate really stuck out to a lot of people. She instantly became a meme. And then the very next day I wake up and there's a bunch of weird theories that she's a paid actor or people wondering if she was an AI rendering in the stadium. What the hell is wrong with people? The deep dive that people did on this woman's fandom, pulling a picture of her wearing Minnesota Vikings gear only for the report to come out. Then after that, that she's supporting her kids team who plays for a little league Vikings team. It was deranged behavior online, which is saying something considering the things that we see online every day. Well, didn't didn't I hear she also said she's a Viking fan and, and you don't have to be a fan of just one team? Because listen, I was calling that game. You were at that game, Mike, and she was all over the the the, the uh, video screen there uh, getting her time. And then, you know, there's a thought that, you know, she's looking for 15 minutes of fame. She went on every show imaginable there. So I, I don't know what to believe about her in all honesty. It looked like at the time a sincere fan living and dying with their team. But then you hear about the Vikings. Uh, you hear about going on every talk show, wondering if she was an actor paid to do it and just wanting some exposure, which she certainly got with all the interviews she was doing. So you're right. I, I don't know. We, we, we know there are more passionate fans than not, but this one certainly raised a few eyebrows. So I will say um, it, it has been reported that she and her husband did reach out to the Chargers and ask them to release their names. Sure. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, she, she was looking for some pub, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think right? that, no, I think she was looking to prove she was a real person and not oh, a paid you, actor. Like, oh, so, was, so you think it was all sincere and say, I just want to prove I'm real and it wasn't looking for any kind of pub or anything anywhere? Yes, because I haven't seen her promote a product yet or anything. Like, she went to a game and they had question, people questioning if she was real or not just because she showed up on the camera. Like, I'd probably want to come out and say, no, I'm a real person, too. Let's 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 keep an eye on this one and see if things start leading toward other things for her. And I'm not saying she's going to come out, promote something right away, but now she's been out there. So let's see if she now tries to use that for something. Guys, she Um, is a season ticket holder. The Chargers have confirmed. So that was why she said she wanted her name released so that people could see. No, they're listed season ticket holders. We're not new to this. We're true to this. They've been coming to games, and she was just excited and nerve wracked by what All was right. going uh, on. Listen, in the middle well, that's of a cool then. Game. That's cool then. If, if if that's the case, I mean that that's where unfortunately we are in society, right? Where we question everything. It it looked like a sincere moment of her living and dying with her team, and all of a sudden, all kind of questions and darts are being thrown. 
it was just ridiculous to watch the wave of all that happening. And honestly, it's the proliferation of all these weird blue checkmark dove climbing Twitter accounts that make no sense and are only pseudo factually based online. Elon's Twitter has been a nightmare. I'm never yeah. calling it X. Um, all right. <laughs> Speaking of things that aren't a nightmare in the NFL, <laughs> it's time to play a little NFL factor fiction today, Dad. We've had so much that went on yep. this week. We've hit Wednesday for anyone looking for our friend Charlotte Wilder, by the way. Charlotte will be joining us next week on Wednesday as she is out here with the Dan Lebitard crew, fulfilling some obligations in Los Angeles. Got a lot going on, so we will not have her with us this morning. Instead, what we will have is a little bit of NFL factor fiction today, Dad. As Jesse, we also have a lot of news coming out of the NFL uh, relating to some injuries and some important ones from this last week. So why don't we get some facts on that front before we get to the potential fiction of what we saw on the field? Yeah, so Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's been saying his left knee is improving rapidly over the past two days. He's optimistic he's going to be able to play in Thursday night's game at New Orleans. Check this out. I'm going to do everything I can to be out there. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I feel feel a lot better today than I would have thought. So I like how I'm progressing and, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, to be out there on Thursday. All right. So, you know, we're going to hopefully be seeing Trevor Lawrence and Christian McCaffrey could also be suiting up on Monday. He suffered that oblique rib injury in the loss to the Browns, apparently avoided a long-term injury. It's not super serious, has a chance to play Monday night against the Vikings and all around optimistic news there because apparently Trent Williams and Debo Samuel also have a chance to play in Monday's game. Samuel leaving that game late in the first quarter because of the shoulder injury, Williams gritting through an ankle sprain, but we have an optimistic outlook. We could be seeing everybody on the field. Obviously a tougher situation for Lawrence because he's doing three less days of a normal week, right? When you're going, yeah. when you're playing early and for the San Francisco guys, they actually get an extra day, not play until Monday. So it works out a little bit better for them, but it does look like they're getting their full complement back because that's one of the things that's part of the equation every week when we talk in the NFL that we just can't prognosticate. We have no idea who's going to get hurt or when they're going to get hurt or in the case of factor fiction, how it's going to affect the team. Exactly. So why don't we get to that now with that as the background of this dad, especially with the 49ers, that good injury news here. Factor fiction. Brock Purdy is merely mediocre without all of the weapons around him in that offense. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say fact on that just yet. We have basically a one game sampling, right? I mean, he was playing well. He had, had lost a regular season game, lost McCaffrey, lost Debo in this one. Uh, Trent was only out a short time and came back and his numbers were weaker. He also was playing against the best defense in the NFL. Let's let's just not, you know, poo poo the fact you're playing a great defense. I know they have a great offense. And by the way, they have a great defense. But other great defenses can affect you in the outcome of a game. And this Browns defense is now, you know, the best by yardage, the best defense in the game. So I am not ready to say fact on that yet with a one game sampling of he lost a couple of his guys and he looked more human. I will say it was partly that certainly part of the Cleveland Browns defense being as good as it is. So I, I'm going to need more more sampling of that before I can say that's a fact. More sampling is always the operative term for me with Brock Purdy. We're still learning about this guy. Yeah, he yeah. started, what, 11 career games at this point now? Like, we still have not seen a lot of this football player 
overall in the NFL. We don't have a full season's worth of starts under his belt. And so every week it's something. All the things you said are true, Dad, about what we account for on the other side and the fact that it is much more difficult to try and rework for any offense, for any quarterback, your game plan mid-game as you're losing your weapons here. This isn't like what we had with the Kansas City Chiefs going into week one, where on the defensive side, you had Chris Jones out all camp. You knew he was holding out there. You knew he wasn't going to be on the field. And so they were able to craft a game plan without him that made use of other people's talents versus on the Chiefs on the other side. Travis Kelsey, you lose him midweek. Life gets a lot harder. That's yep. what the 49ers were dealing with, with two of the most important pieces of their offense. So, no, I, I Brandon Newman has rubbed off on me to where I'm not full-blown Purdy defender right now, but I do think we're all way too eager to live on the ends yeah. of the spectrum with Brock. Everyone who loves him wants him to be the best quarterback in the NFL right now, which I don't believe he is. But after this one game, everybody also wanted to throw dirt on his name in a way that I thought was pretty unfair. Right to criticize in certain instances throws that he missed, but to overall use this to now validate feelings on the other side. Everyone's looking for confirmation bias with this dude, and I'm not going to fall into that trap. Dad. Speaking of the Browns, fact or fiction, the Browns defense will carry them to the playoffs in the AFC this year. Oh, oh, I think that's absolutely a fact that that can happen. I mean, listen, we've seen great defenses lead teams to win Super Bowls. Now, it's on a more rare occasion, and in today's game, it's going to be a lot harder to do. But to get to the playoffs, absolutely this defense can lead them, uh, help lead them to the playoffs. Now, it's certainly a tough division, though. The Pittsburgh offense isn't lighting anybody up either, but they have an excellent defense. All, you know, the we talked about this yesterday, all the AFC North defenses are really good, uh, pr- probably on a consistency level. Maybe Cincinnati isn't with the other ones, but they can show out uh, like, like they have occasionally as well, uh, getting especially getting pressure on the quarterback. But yes, I don't think there's any doubt that when you I've always said this, not like I've said it, it's a fact. You have a great defense, you're in every game. You know, Deshaun Watson, A, has to be healthy, and B, has to start stepping up a little better uh, for this offense, even though they have lost Nick Chubb. But it's, it's absolutely a fact that their defense can carry them to the playoffs. Right now in the current, like, early, early look in the playoff standings, the Browns would be the seventh seed in the AFC, and you would have – the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns all making the postseason if the season ended today. This stat was from Monday, Dad. The Browns have allowed 1,002 yards this season. It's the third fewest by a team in its first five games of a season since 1970. Only the Baltimore Colts in 1971 and the Minnesota Vikings in 1970 allowed fewer so it's an historic pace for Jim Schwartz's bunch bunch there I agree dad I think what we're gonna see in the NFL a lot this year and I said this about the Cowboys yesterday doing an interview is you've got a bunch of really potent defenses right now that are really only going to require their offense to make enough plays over the body of a game. With Dak Prescott, he was able to make those individually. With the Cleveland Browns, it's going to remain to be seen if Kevin Stefanski is going to have to morph back into a little bit more and more of what he used to do to cover up for Deshaun Watson, who hasn't been the guy so far, or if they're going to get the plays from Deshaun Watson if he gets back healthy that they were expecting this season. But I agree, that defense is that good enough Dad, factor fiction this year, uh, the Eagles offense, not as good as last year. That feels like a pretty bit easy fact considering just what – I feel like we already have forgotten what the Eagles were as far as historically great on offense last year. I mean, but you look at it, they're number two overall in offense, number two in rushing offense, and number nine in passing offense. So it's not like statistically they're bad, but to your point, they don't feel like there is a fission 
on offense this year, while statistically it's still pretty impressive of what they're doing. But just by the eye test, I agree with you. They don't seem as good or as efficient. Doesn't mean they can't get there because we're saying the same thing about Cincinnati. We think Cincinnati may have turned the corner. We know the firepower and offense they can have. And statistically, they're last in the NFL in offense, but we think they can get better. So I think by eye test, yes, it does look like that their offense isn't as good at this point as last year. And some of that's been Jalen Hurts has looked a little bit more off than he was last year. A guy who was dialed in on MVP pace, set the Eagles single season record with 35 touchdowns accounted for. So I I do think it's not quite as good as last year. I do think right now DeAndre Swift coming on the way he has after the first couple of games of the season has been huge. Devontae Smith has taken a bit of a backseat to A.J. Brown after that public spat that we saw on the sideline. I don't think it's as good as last year, but last year you said about every team offensive record in the books and wound up basically a player too shy of winning the damn Super Bowl. So I I don't think that's necessarily wild to say. Um, We'll play a little bit more fact or fiction maybe later on. We got a couple other NFL headlines that we can get to. But coming up next, let's take a look at what we heard from Aaron Rodgers yesterday. That Jets defense looking for a lifeline. Is Rodgers close to recovery next? Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Guys, Aaron Rodgers has been making waves, as he likes to do. So he shocked everyone by walking without crutches, throwing on the field for five minutes before Sunday's game at MetLife Stadium. As you can see here, just hanging out, just tossing the old pigskin. So he appears to be recovering at a previously unheard of rate. Plus, the Jets are on that two-game winning streak. So, of course, all of this has fueled some speculation about a late-season return. He addressed all of the hype with Pat McAfee. Obviously, we're ahead of schedule. There's a lot of factors to that. Uh, there's the way I've attacked the rehab. There's obviously the surgery that uh, Dr. Elitrash did. There's the rehab that I've done uh, and kind of the round-the-clock approach that I've had. There's implementing the diet um, that I've been doing as well. 
and then just the power of uh, the power of the mind and the power of the manifestation of the of the desires. Um, all those things together still doesn't get you back on the field. You have to hit a bunch of bunch of different things and and be feeling a certain way. Uh, but you know that's that's the goal. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to put a timetable on it specifically. That makes absolutely no sense. Anybody that does doesn't realize that there's a lot of things that have to happen to get to that point. So he's kind of doing both where he's like, he's stirring yeah. the pot, but he's also being like, but there's critical markers. So don't, don't get any ideas that <laughs> I could be coming though. back. He's like, but also the power of the mind. Yeah. I, 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 Dan, I appreciate that he pointed out that these notions and people bringing up the timeline of him coming back at the end of the season aren't him. Like he recognizes, oh yeah, yeah I got, yes, I got to yes. have a doctor tell me that I'm good to go. And there's a lot of things I have to get to. He mentioned jogging is also a, you know, the next step is going to be jogging before you get to explosive movement and all the critical markers along the way here. I have no doubt that a player with Aaron Rodgers' mental makeup a guy who is a true professional when it comes to the way he conducts himself and prepares as a football player and a guy who I'm sure doesn't want to go out on somebody else's terms at the end of his career is going to be attacking this in a way that yeah. maybe few other people are capable of. The way he's conducted his whole football career is the way few other people are capable of, but everybody needs to probably stop, uh, hold their horses on this. And Aaron Rodgers, thankfully, well, throwing some cool water on that. Well, I exactly. And I mean, when I have been talking about this, whether on this show or different shows, people are making it sound like I'm disputing Aaron Rodgers' ability to come back. No, I'm talking about basically fans who are hearing Aaron talk and saying, oh, my God, he could be back by the end of the season. And I don't think to me, I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. But of course, he's going to attack it. Just like he said, I mean, that's what that's what athletes do. I mean, there's the period of of despair where you're hurt. You're like, oh, my God, this is usually you're out for the year. And then you start attacking rehab because you want to get back on the field. He's not the first and won't be the last uh, that's going to do that. But as he said, and he's right, you know, there is a timetable to all of this and there are markers that you have to hit. You look at one of the more impressive ones and, you, you know, to put it into a little bit of context in this sport. And listen, running backs and quarterbacks do different things on the football field. So sure. Cam Akers, it was truly amazing. He, he tore his Achilles in mid-July of 21, mid-July of 21. And he returned to doing football specific drills in November. So that's four months from the tear to doing specific drills. Now, again, specific drills are a wide range of what he was doing on the field. And he returned to practice just before Christmas. So that's what, right around the five-month area where he returned to practice around, around Christmas time. So you do see that, and we've seen miraculous recoveries. Hell, you know, Adrian Peterson, you know, threw off the ACL tear, you know, uh, the recovery when he came back in like six, seven months, and everybody was like, oh, my God, everybody should be able to do that. And no, that's yeah. not true. It <laughs> yeah, we work. realize Adrian Peterson is not a way. good marker for the rest of yeah. society. <laughs> there are those that heal faster, you know, that, that that just do. Everybody is different. Everybody could be could be rehabbing the exact same with incredible veracity, but ferocity, but you don't know how your body's yeah. going to respond. So yeah, I understand Aaron taking both sides of it. I would, you know, there, there you do look at a cam Akers and say, boy, okay. Can you get back some quarterback doesn't do as much as a running back, but let me tell you, you come back from that too early that the possibility of ripping it again. I've read about other athletes who have tried to come back and you tear it again. I mean, how brutal that would be. And you got to throw in the fact that he's 39 years old. 
You know, well, and that's not and, lost on anybody, especially Aaron, to know that body is going to, it happens, it happens in a normal thing when I start, got the league at 21 and left at like 31, 32 of how my body just normally felt during the week. And when I recovered, let alone recovering from an injury. So that, that adds into the equation a lot. Being 34 has given me a newfound appreciation for when older athletes show up in the injury report all the time. And we're like, oh, man, is this guy ever going to be healthy? I'm like, I roll out of bed and I don't yeah. feel healthy, oh, yeah. let alone trying to go do the things with their bodies that they're doing. Uh, Dad, I think the other factor that kind of plays into that that is going to be interesting to monitor is how close this Jets team can be. We talked about the Browns yeah. defense trying to will them to a playoff yep. appearance. The Jets are plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook to make the playoffs right now. And you do wonder for a player in the twilight of his career, because I think that age factors in in a lot of ways, Dad. And one could be if Aaron Rodgers is crushing this rehab. And like you said, you get some sort of freak show Cam Akers style recovery to where you feel like you can be ready at that point, And you're coming back and doing that. And this team looks like, oh, man, they could sneak and find a way into the playoffs. Does Aaron Rodgers say, well, given this Achilles, I'm not going to have many more cracks at this. The football season is so chaotic and unpredictable. If we've got a shot at the postseason and I could be back and it's a risk, but it's a risk in the postseason. Do you take that because you're closer to the end of your career yeah. than the beginning? And you can't take for granted that, oh, if I'm back healthy next year, we'll 100 percent be there in the postseason no matter what. And we'll have a chance to do this because those are very rare occurrences. Yeah, they, they are. It'd be a tough position. But again, I think the decision is going to be made for him because even the Cam Akers situation, listen to what I said, okay? Five months before he returned to practice, not playing, just to practice. Do the math. He tore it in July. So July, August, September, October, November, December. That's five months, all right? Five months was in December. For Aaron Rodgers, he tore it in September. That's October, November, December, January. February is five months. The Super Bowl is February, February 11th. So I just I and and that again for Cam Akers was just getting to practice, yeah. not the playing. We're talking about practice here. Uh, so I I just think while it's a it's a great goal and we'll get him back faster. I think to be able to be there in the off season and prepare for the next year. And and I'm with you because you sit there and look and you think this team they got some young talent on it. They should be really good again again next year, but you can't rely on that. You know, when you have your chance, you got to take it. But I still don't think, even if they make the playoffs, that he's going to be close enough physically to say, yeah, because I'd put him out there. Listen, yeah. if he got the okay by the doctors, he'd be out there as my quarterback. There is no doubt about that. But I just... I just don't think that's going to be able to happen for him. No, 100%. This is where I hear the voice of Dominic Foxworth in my head who said, sometimes you need a foam finger with the word football to come in and smack you on the face. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> isn't coming back and playing this season. Yeah, I don't that think guy's so. not going to come yeah. back from Achilles and be ready to go by the time you get here. And But your point, him getting back faster, having a full offseason to be in that yeah, program yeah. and not just yeah. be rehabbing, all of those can be important things because, Dad, if you listen to Rob Sala, he says his power, his superpower is just his presence around that building. So imagine what he can be when he comes back there i did love the notion dad that people were talking about aaron Rodgers suggesting plays during that eagles game and trying to give him credit potentially for what happened i'm like guys he didn't do anything there there, there there's nothing about his presence that helped them win that game their defense helped them yeah. win that game yeah. i do think it is encouraging though 
you've got the perfect head coach for Aaron Rodgers and Rob Sala because he does feed into a lot of the things around Aaron that it seems like he believes in from an interpersonal standpoint. And he's still making him feel like he's a part of the team. Like, even though I don't believe Aaron Rodgers' presence is this thing willing the Jets to wins, Dad, I do think it's encouraging because you know this. As a player going through the rehab process, it can be pretty lonely. You feel very separate from the team. And so I do like that Rob Sala is going out of his way when asked about this, when prompted to make Aaron Rodgers still feel like a member of this team in a way that's not always the case when you're the guy going through the injury process. I agree, and I do think there is a benefit to having him in the quarterback room with Zach Wilson. So that from is that true. part, yes. I, as far as the defense, the defense is is a, a hell of a defense. But have him uh, at those meetings in the room with Zach Wilson, going over film with Zach Wilson. I do believe is definitely a positive for someone like Zach Wilson. Rob Sala saying his presence in the locker room, being around his teammates, his positive attitude, his thoughts of manifestation and all that stuff. Like Rob (laughs) Sala knows how to speak Aaron Rodgers love language. Rob Sala, who does seem like he believes in some of that stuff himself based on the guy we saw on Hard Knocks. But I do like that every once in a while he sprinkles a couple of Aaron's words into the public statements to let everybody know, hey, no, this is my guy. We're going to make him feel the love. Coming up next, let's get to some public statements relating to college football and Congress next. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and Jesse Cofield. And, Dad, we had Congress talking about college sports again yesterday, and it produced some very predictable results, right? We had Senator Joe Manchin come out and say the quiet part very loud, talking about the current state of name, image, and likeness in college sports, where he said, quote, it's hard to root for the kids when they're multimillionaires as freshmen and sophomores. And I knew that kind of dog whistle stuff was going to get a reaction. Yep, Dad, I don't yep. know how you feel about it. Like that was always quietly my fear in the back of my mind when we used to, you know, when we were doing Golik and Wingo and back before this NIL stuff became a reality, when we would have these conversations about pay for play. And I would hear this resistance from people about the idea of college athletes getting money, not the specific mechanics of it that we know are complicated, not the actual plan and practice, but just the idea of college athletes getting money. I'd hear all this aversion. I go, man, this sounds an awful lot like people who just want to know that the players they're watching don't make as much money as them, even though they've got gifts that they would rather have and opportunities that they are jealous of. They just can take solace in the fact that there's that power dynamic they've got over them. And I always thought that that was a little bit more prevalent than I was comfortable with. I've since changed my tone. I think comments like this 
are bad faith comments designed to cater to a base that I think does not exist as much in college football as I thought, because we've seen now, dad, since players have started getting money, a lot less negative fan reaction than I was expecting. Like you get it from talking heads every once in a while as a conversation topic. But in general, I think people are always worried about their thing changing in college sports. And I think people thought that this would bring about some sort of revolutionary change when in actuality, most places are still very good. They're just very good getting there in a different way because of how they've got to acquire players. But as long as State U is still balling, I really haven't seen people care all that much how they get to that point. And if players have a few nicer cars or nicer suits in the process, I've been encouraged by that. What about you? Well, listen, I I, I never thought it was going to affect the game. I, I mean, I've said that since the beginning of NIL when everybody started screaming from the mountaintop, oh, my God amateurism is over. This game is going to change. It's never going to be the same. And I said, stadiums are still going to be full and ratings are still going to be high because you're rooting for your school. We root for Notre Dame. Now players on the football team and other athletes, but in this case, we're talking football are getting money, are getting paid. We we've done events with some of these players and we know that they're getting money. It doesn't affect me one bit. And, 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 I don't, and it hasn't affected attendance and it hasn't affected ratings. You're still rooting for your school. Dynamics have changed. We know that. And I, and I think in the beginning, there was, there were the fans that were, there were some that were bummed of. Now we've really blurred the lines of, of professional sports and college sports, which sure. already were getting blurred anyway, right? I mean, yes, the last, very the, much so. The last bastion of, of just fun, no responsibility football is high school. And that's I, I even starting even even to get blurred. That's exactly right. But college <laughs> has always been big business. Now it became big business where everybody included has a chance at a piece of the pie, uh, meaning the players now. And, and I think that's one thing that bummed out fans was, man, now, now they're just like the guy I root for on Sunday. You know, when in fact, it's the team you root for on Sunday, just like an even more in college is the love of the team, maybe of, of the school more than the team in the NFL. So I never thought that was going to be affected. Now, everything around it is going to be affected because nobody can get their freaking heads on straight on how to deal with this thing because the NCAA immediately washed their hands of it. As I said, they punches piloted the thing, you know, and let, let somebody else. Somebody else take care of this problem. Now they're trying to jump in and help. Now we're talking about employees. Now we're talking about finding a way to put guardrails up and what will that entail? I still think one of the best ideas, and we heard it from Chip Kelly, right? When we had him on, you know, the coach at UCLA, and he, he said it before that. And I think eventually is to separate football from everything else because I think it's ridiculous that the Pac-12 is going to the Big Ten and the ACC. It, it you know me because well, and, because your because your sister swam and sure. we know other athletes soccer, lacrosse, and all of that. I hate the fact that those athletes have to travel the way they do and they're getting screwed in all of this. So take the issue, which is football, separate the issue, which is football, and let the others live their lives in the geographical area where they should. So I, I think it's important to separate as we're talking about this. Those are issues created by the adults of college football. Yes. Yes. Decision makers at the, the president's sport that we want to separate from what we were talking about here with NIL and the players, because 
everyone weirdly just sort of throws their hands up. And I shouldn't say that there's been a lot of people publicly upset about the business restructuring in the world of college sports. Most are people that are just afraid. Is my school going to get left behind? Are they going to be involved in the new world order going forward? The central issue with the stuff relating to player pay was around this idea and this antiquated notion that just because you're paid means you can't love something and means you can't care about something in the same ways. And while with the portal and all these things, the dynamic is different than kids just locked into four years at a college that they might actually grow to have some affinity for or committed to for that reason. No, it it is a little bit more of a business-like approach, but I do think that's ridiculous in terms of them somehow loving it less. And again, what one congressman says to me, I don't think is actually indicative of what I have seen in the response that I've seen overall from fans. Maybe I'm being naive now for my own mental health, trying to believe that people don't actually think like that. Uh, But that's at least where I'm at mentally with this. Dad, as far as the stuff you're talking about the future of the sport as it relates to players and how they go about this Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick actually had some of the interesting comments coming off the hearings in Capitol Hill yesterday where he said after talking to lawmakers and media that collective bargaining with athletes might actually be the way forward as schools I think are looking back at ways on trying how to take back control and he said, quote, it's a fairly radical notion, but if we could find a way to reach binding agreements with our student athletes, most of this goes away. We don't have a mechanism to collectively bargain without them becoming employees. It would require a new mechanism that would recognize the rights of student athletes to negotiate for the terms and conditions of their participation without being employees. It's worth consideration. Gene Smith, the departing Ohio State a- uh, athletic director, had also brought this up. So maybe Jack on the way out now is shooting from the hip since he announced his retirement. but. Dad, I think that being uttered publicly is already a huge step. And I think the idea of collective bargaining without them being employees, probably not going to be a thing that actually happens. But now that people are saying it out loud, I do think that's going to be something more and more considered, as well as employment status of the athletes playing the sports that you talked about. That was something I just wasn't sure we were ever going to get to because of all the tentacles. But I'll say this. Former teammate of mine here at Notre Dame, he was a captain with me, played in the league for a bunch of years, Larry Williams, who was an offensive lineman. And Larry's been an AD at a number of different schools. He's at San Francisco right now as an athletic director. He he had called me about a year and a half ago after NIL started, and he said he's been trying to talk to people, the higher-ups, because he had said then, this is where it's going. It's going to go to collective bargaining. It's going to go to right what we're talking about and what Jack talked about. And he was trying to get our people to get ahead of this thing and say, this is the direction we need to be going in because this, and, and I was like, Larry, I, I don't, I don't see that. And it's why it proves why there are many, many smarter people than me out there. And he's one of them that to, to kind of have the foresight of saying how now we, I think it's going there. Now, what are the steps to take it there? Because that really feels wild then, right? Now they're employees. Now, you know, it's a whole different status of collective bargaining, of health insurance, you know, health insurance when you're done and and all the tentacles that go along with it. But, man, I, I'm kind of with you now. It seems like it's going down that road. And I'll, and I'll continue to say it's not going to change the game of football. You're still going to get college football. You're still going to get packed stadiums. But – the, the things around it, the peripheral is going to change and continue to change as we go. Yeah, I, I think this last weekend was a good reminder. I challenge anyone to look at the scenes in Seattle, Washington, where Oregon and Washington played and say that any of the change around the sport has affected the joy so, that you can get no. on an individual Saturday. No amount of playoff expansion or anything else 
I think is going to affect what you've got there, at least in the immediacy right now. But dad, with this, I I think it's worthwhile to consider and would make me feel a lot better about the world with all the change in it in college football we have because all of it happens against their will. Part of the idea of collective bargaining would be giving the players a voice in all the change that happens to them around the sport. The playoff expansion that adds more games, the conference realignment that's going to affect their treble, all happens right now without any of their voice in the process and that changing alone is worthwhile. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Some NBA news. The Houston Rockets have traded guard Kevin Porter Jr. and two future second-round picks to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They announced this last night. Thunder will be immediately waving Porter. Rockets are getting Victor Oladipo and Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the deal. Going to send a 2027 second round pick via the Minnesota Timberwolves and a 2028 second round pick via the Milwaukee Bucks to the Thunder. So guys, the Thunder now have 37 total draft (laughs) picks over the next seven years, 15 first rounders and 22 second rounders. Quite a strategy we have. (laughs) They're walking into this with some capital. Uh, There's no doubt. There's been a very clear dictation there uh, of how they're going to go about this, how they went about it in this particular situation. Kind of nasty business, like getting into the specifics of this trade feels gross considering everything hanging over Kevin Porter Jr.'s head right now. As uh, we know, he's still facing charges of second-degree strangulation and third-degree assault, to which he has pled not guilty. We've seen now, you know, his former girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, has come out and said that he didn't hit me. He never balled up his fists and hit me. He definitely didn't punch me in the face numerous times. That's a lie. I don't have any injuries that support that. But, Dad, the idea of this trade going on in the midst of all this playing out in court feels rather gross. And so... This particular instance, not something I don't think anyone involved should be celebrating, but it does get to Jesse's larger point that we've got an Oklahoma City team that for so long, Dad, I I said, sat on this precipice of oblivion in the NBA. They had watched their portrait of superstars from that original team that had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and James Harden as the sixth man whittled down to one and then whittled down to none. And this difficult challenge of, when do you let go of a star player? That's the only reason people are paying attention. That's the only reason people have to come and watch your team, whether it's in person or on TV or discuss you on any of the shows and then start to flip it for resources. And Sam Presti and company have flipped that switch all the way over. And now we got to kind of wait around and see what this hall of picks 
ends up becoming for a team that's going to once again have to search for the relevancy outside of being this offseason fascination for the war chest that they've built up. It's amazing. And first, you're right. With the Kevin Porter situation, you have to set that aside. That's the most important thing. That deals in life. And you're right. Doing that all now feels like you need to shower after this situation and just how how dirty it, it, it feels. So we'll see where that goes from the legal side. But it is wild to imagine that this team had Russell Westbrook, James Harden as a six man and Kevin Durant. I mean, it, it blows your mind, right? There, there was a super team before super, the guys started putting super teams together, right? Supposedly. And, and I mean, these all have all turned into unbelievable players. So now you're right. What, what do you, what makes you relevant again? We talked about this with Milwaukee a few years ago when trying to get Giannis to sign back the first time, let alone uh, this time is if, if they lost Giannis, you man, you're back to, you're back to irrelevant, right? You've lost everything you've lost all relevancy you would drop you wouldn't have any shot at the title if you lost him and they hung on to him and look what has happened you know and now he talked he, he he teetered around yeah. it again and they bring in dame and he's as happy you know as as anything right his, now so his quote is i'll be very honest i've never been this, this open, open. It's yeah a terrifying thing for the rest it, of the it nba is. to hear from Giannis yeah Antetumbo. he was shocked at how quickly uh you know dame's been double teamed and he has been open so we, you know, we'll see where that leads, but they are right there amongst the favorites, obviously, with all this. So they held on to their relevancy. And that's not only what teams are looking for, because remember, teams are businesses as well. So there's a business side of it and the trying to win the title side of it. And and every owner is different. I talked chapter and verse about my owner in Philadelphia, Norman Brayman, not caring about, you know, the, the team and the winning part of it, just the bottom line part of it more. And, and every owner is different. So now the team of Oklahoma city has all this, all these assets. What do you do to try and become relevant again? Because the players know, and the fans know we're not. So am I spending my money to go to these games? You know, am I investing myself in this team that right now is doing nothing but acquiring assets? So when are you going to do something? Well, you have a seven-year plan, I guess, with all those draft picks. But now you need to see – there's one thing to collecting them, and there's another thing to see what am I doing with all of these that will put us back on the NBA map, of which they're not on. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, as I've seen, you know, the NBA pulled GMs and asked them questions about the upcoming season. I don't think assets are going to be the most exciting player that we're no, looking for this no. upcoming season. I don't think assets are going to be playing the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So it's a difficult road to go on that. But you're right in terms of what that next move affords you because in a market like that you've got to find that one star whether it's through the draft whether it's making a trade or an acquisition because free agency is going to be a difficult road to toe on that to ultimately get you the one that can become more and that's what we've seen in a number of these places right now whether it's you know the Denver Nuggets and now what they've got surefire star homegrown star and Nikola Jokic that they've turned into that team Giannis and that side and it's going to be a very interesting NBA season, Dad. I looked up and realized it starts next Tuesday, the regular season. And while the joke among the football community is always the NBA season actually starts on Christmas Day when you get that triple header in the midst of a slower time in the football calendar, 
I do wonder if someone like Victor Wembanyama is enough to change that and at least create a little bit of early season fascination. We've already seen some of the highlights pouring out of the preseason with Big Vic that dunked from outside the restricted area that had even the player that got dunked on stunned at the angle that it happened from stunned at what it took to get to that point athletically. If maybe because we've got a prospect that dad, even by the NBA standards, feels like something so far outside the norm that it might get people to pay attention to the NBA sooner than they might have otherwise. Oh, I agree with that, you know, especially from a highlight standpoint. We know football's still going to win. And, and when I say football, I mean both the NFL and college. Sure. So I'm with you. So a lot of it depends on when the game is. Is a game not on a, on the night a game of football is? Because that that's where people are going to tune. But if you do have a, a spectacle um, like like – in all honesty, like we thought Zion Williamson was, right? Until yes. that, that kind of faded away when he came in. I mean, we, we have had a fascination with the summer league the last couple of years because a couple of stars that have come into the league, and we have not had that. So that was always that was a, a major thing for the NBA to say, all right, man, we're grabbing people in the summertime for our summer league because of the potential of some of the guys that are now in our league. So, yeah, I, I think it could lead to some of that. How do how does uh, uh, does Dame and Giannis play together early on? You know, see see how that plays out. People want to watch that. Certainly, what Mignana and what he's going to do. So there are some things that will make you maybe turn to the NBA a little sooner sooner than you would. Uh, and and obviously that's good for the sport. We know what's king all the way till then that everything takes a back seat. But you do have some stars. I, I'm I'm I think I'm more interested because I don't think. You know, let's see where San Antonio goes this year, but all eyes are on Milwaukee because of Giannis starting to chirp about, hey, you guys going to do something, and they did, to where their power level is going to be in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I I think overall the most interesting situation with championship aspirations is the Milwaukee Bucks again because of that move, because we finally are getting the answer. It's almost like in, in its own world or in its own way, Tom Brady leaving the fold in New England. We were never sure we were going to get that. We were never sure we were going to get to see what he was like outside of the fold in New England. Much the same way with Dame Lillard. I always said he occupied the most perfect place in sports. He had become a respected enough player, someone who was loved and adored the center of this conversation about loyalty to team while being recused from all the championship slandering we usually do to stars of his caliber who haven't won an MVP, who haven't gone out there and won in the NBA Finals. He had found the sweet spot in between that, and now all of a sudden, this offseason, I know he wanted it to be in Miami, but he decided enough was enough, and so we get the answer to that. What does Dame Lillard look like in an environment where he actually has a real shot of getting to the title? And and you know what Giannis is not going to be? He's not going to be that open. Okay, I mean, <laughs> he he might as well get over that. I, I don't think he's going to be that open all the time. I mean, <laughs> it, it, but it does present that interesting conundrum for teams because, Dad, you hear, you know, we'll take our sport of football. Defensive coordinators talk all the time. What's the thing that scares you the most? The fast guy, the guy who can get you with speed. That's what you're worrying about the most. In the NBA, Dame's the guy that's going to have the ball in his hand first in a lot of instances now. We know that green light for Dame time is open as soon as he nears half court. And so it's going to be that interesting challenge for teams. Who do you try and stop first? Maybe a lot of people asking that about the Steelers offense as they get healthier coming down the second half of the season. We'll talk to one member of that team next.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.